What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Friday, September 4th, 2020. I'm very exhausted right now. It's 1244 a.m. on Friday. I just got back from seeing my buddy Justin Spiro. Did an interview with him, the Spiro Avenue podcast. Really a lot of fun. He's an intelligent guy, good friend, very loyal guy to, to have in your corner, uh, probably, I mean, the definitive interview anyone's ever done with me it was it was over, well over an hour. We talked sports, we talked personal stuff, we talked Tigers, we talked movies. Um, you know, go reach out to uh, his podcast, Sparrow Avenue Podcast. You can follow him at Darko State News on Twitter to uh, watch that live stream or just uh, listen to the audio. I really had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, it had been a long time coming, and, it, you know, it's about a three-hour round trip, but uh, I was happy to come visit him. And I think, if, especially if you listen to this podcast, there's a lot of really interesting Tiger stuff that we talked about. So I'd recommend listening to that. Thank you very much to him for having me on. Today's show is probably going to be a short one. No Tigers game last night. And today they have a doubleheader. I will preview that in segment number two. But as is kind of the case when the Tigers don't play a game, it gives me the opportunity to just talk about certain things I want to talk about throughout baseball. And there have been... Uh, several interesting uh, storylines, as there always is, throughout baseball in this uh, very short 60-game season, which is uh, now over halfway through. I think every team, and maybe not the Cardinals, but I think pretty much all teams have played well over half their games. A few things I've noticed, especially now that the trade deadline has passed, a few teams that have kind of caught my, my eye. I want to talk about some very intense developments that went down over the last couple of days when the Rays and the Yankees went up against each other and, and the guys were getting thrown at. And, and John Boy did such a great video breaking it down. I know there's some controversy surrounding him and how he looked at the Astro stuff. I didn't really have much of a problem with it. I like the guy. I think he grows the game. I think he's a great content creator. But he did a great video kind of discussing the Rays-Yankees history. And what I've come away from this with is, one, Kevin Cash is a rock star. Kevin Cash is one of the best managers in baseball right now, and he's a, he's a perfect Rays manager, but you know he is so going to follow in the same path that Madden did. Like Once his contract runs out, he's going to find another place with actual money and a big budget and, and you know, high t- highly touted players, and he's going to thrive. That dude has a chip on his shoulder that I think is awesome, and I watched that series. I watched the Yankees go up against the Rays. I saw Tyler Glass now outpitch Garrett Cole. I saw Garrett Cole get beat up a, a little bit. I saw a very frustrated, very very frazzled New York Yankees club. Now, I'll talk about the Yankees here in a second because I, I think early on this season they looked like a team that looked like the, the best team in the American League, arguably the best team in baseball. They've fallen off uh, substantially over the last couple of weeks. They're still very good. I still They're still going to make the playoffs, and I'm sure we'll make some sort of run at it. But I want to talk about the Rays here for a second. I love the Tampa Bay Rays. They're one of they're one of my favorite teams to watch every year. And I've said this before, but the Tampa Bay Rays should lose 90 games every single season. They have zero fanfare. They play in a tin can of a stadium. It's the worst ballpark in in maybe you, if you include minor league parks, I think it still might be the worst ballpark in all of baseball. It's a dump. I've been there. I you know, I thought it was fine, but I fully acknowledge uh, it's incredibly flawed and there's nothing uh, unique or or charming about the place whatsoever. They have no budget, they have no money at all, and yet, year in and year out, pretty much for the most part since 2008, like, that was, so we're coming up, this is, you know, the 13th year, you know, since then, I would say eight of those years, at least, 
they've ranged from being really good to just slightly competitive. And this year's version of the Rays is really good. And what I love about them so much is like they are not a more talented team than the New York Yankees. They aren't more talented than some of the teams in their own division. But they don't play like it. They have a lot of young guys with a whole lot of confidence. And I remember watching them in the postseason last year, but even before that, when they clinched the wildcard spot and, and they showed Kevin Cash in the locker room before they popped champagne and he said, look, everyone says we're not good enough here. Everyone says we don't have the players. Everyone says we don't have the budget. But guess what? Uh, we're, we were better than the Red Sox this year. We made the playoffs this year. Nobody thinks we'll be able to win the wild card game. Nobody thinks we'll be able to beat Houston. I think we're pretty darn good, and I think people need to start realizing it. And they went to Oakland, smacked the hell out of Oakland. I mean, just slapped them silly in the wild card game and gave Houston an unbelievable run. I mean, it, they were one Garrett Cole away from going to the ALCS last year. That was an incredible five-game battle that they had against the Astros. It's a team that doesn't waste at-bats. It's a team with a really good manager who's good strategically. They manage the bullpen well. I so desperately want to be on board with the Tampa Bay Rays winning the pennant this year. Winning the World Series is a bit far-fetched. I'll talk about why in a second, but at least winning the pennant. If there's ever a year where they would be able to do it, it would be this year. Because last season, obviously, the Yankees went on to win that division kind of going away, but 40, 50, 60 games into the year, it looked like it was the Rays' division. And the reason for that is because the Rays have a roster of good players, but in a 162-game marathon... I don't know if they have the depth for it to be sustainable the way that it is for the Yankees. This is an opportunity for them, and I would love to see it. I think that is a really fun team, and the way they responded from you know having their catcher get his head nearly taken off by a 100-mile-per-hour fastball by Aroldis Chapman was really remarkable. If there's a team, if you have the opportunity, if you have the MLB package or you know MLB TV on your laptop, give the Tampa Bay Rays a watch. They're a really fun unique bunch of guys. They play a different brand of baseball. It's not built around, you know, getting seven innings out of your starting pitcher. They make a lot of strategic moves, a lot of bullpen moves. It's a strange, I'd almost call it a ragtag bunch, but there is more talent there this year than there has been in recent years because they made some really good trades. The Chris Archer trade, obviously. Everyone talks about how terrible it was for the Pirates. It was terrible for the Pirates because of the return it got. Like, they got back some really good players in Meadows and Glass now, who's turned into a stud, and, and Shane Baz, who's going to be here uh, pretty soon. I thought that was a, a really remarkable series in New York against the Yankees that they won. That's looking right now to me, and I, I hope I'm right here. They look like the best team in the American League right now. And that would be a wonderful story to see the Tampa Bay Rays break through and win the pennant. As for the team that they that is currently looking up at them, the Yankees, once again, are very frustrating to me. Garrett Cole will turn it around. Now, I brought I said this in a tweet. What's weird about Garrett Cole right now, and he's been struggling a bit, what's weird, though, is that for some reason the stuff looks substantially less, I won't say substantially, looks slightly less explosive than it was when he was in Houston, which is very strange because in Houston, he was like unhittable there near the end. He was incredible in the second half last year. I think what it comes down to is Brett Strom is a genius and everyone wants to dump on the Astros, but the Astros do a lot of things right and they maximize players' talents and they get the most out of their pitchers. 
I think there's there's a lot of flaws in the Yankees organization with how they work on veteran players. Like they do a good job of developing young talent, but it just doesn't. The last time they had a legitimate ace, and I think Cole will turn into one, but the last time they had a legitimate ace was CC Sabathia, you know, and that's the reason they won the World Series in '09 was they had a, a better, deeper pitching staff. One of these years, the Yankees will learn, and I'm not mad at them this year. I mean, I don't care at all. I'd be fine with the Yankees never winning another World Series, but. One of these years, they're going to realize that having a rotation made up primarily of number three, number four pitchers is not going to be good enough to win. The Yankees should not have to nickel and dime. The Yankees should not have to use openers. You are the New York Yankees. You have more money than God. Spend it. And there's been some bad luck, but I think at a certain point too, like the injuries have mounted up so much to the point where I'm like, dude, maybe they just have a bad trainer or something. Like every player, whether it be pitchers or, or position players, seems to get injured for that ball club. It's very, very strange. On the other side of things in the National League, I just wanted to bring this up. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers have one of the best baseball teams I've ever seen. And you know, obviously, if they win it all, it will be tainted because, oh my God, it happened in a 60-game season. But, I mean, they got to win it all this year. I don't. They are just a juggernaut. And look, they've come up really short in the postseason all the time, but... They look so good. Clayton Kershaw right now is as good as I've seen him since 2016. Like, he looks amazing and continues to add to a Hall of Fame resume. Had it get collected his 20, uh, 25th hundred strikeout just the other night. So those are just kind of some observations I've noticed in the first half, or over the first half of this season so far. I think right now, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say a Rays Dodgers World Series. Very subject to change. So that will do it for segment number one. When I get back, I will preview the upcoming pitching matchups for the weekend as the Tigers begin their series against the Minnesota Twins. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. 
But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And we're back. So the Tigers have a series coming up against the Minnesota Twins. I believe it's a four-game set. They have a doubleheader today starting at 2-10. I think it's, I don't know exactly. I think it's a straight doubleheader. So they're playing at 2-10 and then uh, jumping right into the second game right after that. Game two is a tough one to preview because as of the time of this recording, there's no pitching matchup. I don't know what the big secret is. I'm guessing, I'm sure it'll be completely underwhelming. I'm sure it'll be Tyler Alexander or Daniel Norris. I would prefer... Alexander, but but I'll, I'll preview game one here. 2-10 game at Target Field against the Twins. You have Matt Boyd on the mound against Randy Dobnak, a rematch of last Saturday's game one where Matt Boyd pitched uh, his best baseball of the season. I'll start with Dobnak. He comes in with a 5-2 and record and a 3-1-2 ERA. This coming from MLB.com. Of course, Dobnak allowed more than two earned runs for the first time in his career. When he allowed six runs on 12 hits to the Tigers last Saturday, he'll get another shot as he starts another doubleheader. You know, his stuff is fine. He's much more of a finesse guy. But when his command is good, he's going to get a lot of ground balls. And this is a team that, uh, when they haven't struck out, has hit a fair amount of ground balls. But they were very successful against him last time out. On the other side, you have Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd comes in with a 1-4 record, a 7-2-7 ERA. Boyd has allowed six earned runs on 13 hits and 15 and a third innings over his last three starts with three walks and 21 strikeouts. He went six frames with two runs allowed in six strikeouts Saturday for his first win. Pitched his best baseball of the season last Saturday against the Twins. I hope he takes another step forward. I hope he mixes his pitches as the way he's done over his last two-plus starts, two-and-a-half starts. If so, he's a weapon. You know, as critical as I've been of the guy, he has the capability of going substantial stretches in which he's pitching some really good baseball. I truly hope that that continues. Game two is a tough one to preview. There's no no pitching matchup listed, so I'm just going to jump right ahead to Saturday's game, a 7-10 ball game. You have Kenta Maeda going for the Twins. He comes in with a 4-1 record and a 2-5-3 ERA. Maeda has completed at least five innings while allowing no more than three runs in all seven of his starts this season, but he took his first loss as a twin against the Tigers in his last outing. He's been very good for them. You know, even his last time out, you could tell the stuff was solid. He's he's an in-between pitcher because like he's probably in terms of his stuff considered more of a finesse guy. But with that frisbee slider he throws, he has the capability of getting a lot of strikeouts. He's a good pitcher. That was a very good trade for the Twins. He's been probably their most consistent starter so far this year. And on the other side, you have Tarek Skubal coming in, coming in with a one and one record and a six seven five ERA. Skubal earned his first major league win Saturday with two runs on three hits over five innings. The highly regarded prospect will give a nice test with a rematch match against a bolstered Twins lineup. A step forward for Scooball in his last outing. I cannot deny that. 
I also think that he was the beneficiary of some good luck. I would like to see, now in, in his second start, while obviously did not go very deep, I, I noticed him, I, I think, kind of pitching for contact a little bit more. Or maybe it was just the lineup he was facing. The Twins do not strike out a ton. When they do put the ball in play, they hit for a lot of power. I would like to see him really pounding the zone, getting ahead with his heater, and putting guys away with that, those really good off-speed offerings that he has. If so, I think he'll be incredibly successful. I still like Tarek Skubal a lot. And of course, on Sunday, you have another game in target field. Rich Hill going for the Twins. He comes in with a 1-1 record and a 3-9-4 ERA. Hill failed to escape the fourth inning for the second time this season when his start against the White Sox spiraled out of control on Monday. He'll face the Tigers for the first time since 2017. A strange pitcher, Rich Hill, uh, formerly of the University of Michigan, been in the league a long time. An incredible story. I mean, a great turnaround. He's a guy that he doesn't seem like a lot of guys trust, a lot of managers trust. He doesn't go deep into ball games, but when he's on and when he's really pounding the zone with that curveball, which is a phenomenal pitch, he throws it from different arm slots, can throw it 12-6. I mean, he's it's a really effective pitch for him and has been for a long time. He can be a guy who can give you six, seven innings, but it seems like nowadays, especially with his history of injury, he's more likely to be a guy who's going to give you his best three or four frames. And that's kind of the, the nature of him as a pitcher and the nature of baseball in 2020. And of course, for the Tigers, you have Casey Mize, who comes in with an 0-1 record and a 6.75 ERA. The bigs have been an adjustment for top pitching prospect Mize, who has battled some command issues, even with a wipeout slider, slider, splitter, whatever you want to call it. He threw 67 pitches over three innings in a no decision Sunday. Pedro Martinez did a really good piece on Casey Mize on MLB Network. I'm sure you can find it on Twitter or on YouTube where he talked about some of the strain that he thinks is being put on his arm right now. And he's not doing full extension on his uh, delivery. You know, he delivered it much more eloquently and smarter than I ever could. But I, re- I really want to see Mize. I'm not saying, you know, go six innings, give you, you know, six scoreless frames. I, I think the command if he continues to not be able to consistently throw strikes, will be in actual, the first legitimate cause for concern here. Because it doesn't make sense for a guy who's been so good at throwing strikes throughout his minor league career and in college to get to the major league level and struggle with command the way he has. The stuff is still great. It's a difficult lineup to face. Donaldson is back. He's incredible, right? He's healthy. When he's on, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. There's not a whole lot of automatic outs in that lineup. But one thing that needs to be instilled in all these young guys is, look, if if you've got good command, everything else will solve itself. Because the stuff here for all these guys is phenomenal. What will be important for them is confidence, is getting ahead in counts, and trusting their stuff. I think we saw Mize... On Sunday, the last time he pitched, not trusting his stuff. And he was bouncing splitters. Command was bad. But he didn't throw like a single cutter all game. And that makes me think he didn't trust it or wasn't confident with it. You're not going to survive pitching in the major leagues if one of your best pitches isn't being thrown. He needs to improve. I think he will. Maybe not in this start. But one of these days, they're going to face a lineup that isn't good. You know, hopefully. Please, like, have them face off against the Royals or something. But... Hopefully, Casey Mize will be able to step up here going forward. It would be a a big sigh of relief, I'm sure, for a whole lot of Tigers fans. So that will do it for this week's worth of shows. I am so exhausted, guys. I really am. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review 
of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. And also in the link to my Twitter page, you will find uh, the link to my YouTube channel, which uh, I'm going to be getting some movie reviews up here really soon. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening and bearing with me. Have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you later, and go Tigers.